This episode of the Sports Bras is brought to you by Anchor. Guys, if you want to do a podcast and you want your voice to be heard, download the Anchor app. I'm telling you guys. Hey, I had no idea when I got the Anchor app what cool features it had. You can add any kind of music you want to the background. You can chop it. You can put it together the perfect way. You can stop it. You can play it. There's a cool, cool thing with this Anchor app, and I didn't know it would ever help me get my voice out there like this. And also what's cool about the Anchor app is, you know, I can invite Keith, who's 40 miles away, and we could do a podcast. That's what we do every day to bring you guys content. So do yourself a favor. If you want to get your voice out there, download the Anchor app. You can download it on Apple or Google. Find Anchor and tell them that the sports bras sent you. Welcome to another exciting edition of the Sports Bras on this Tuesday afternoon, morning, slash afternoon. I am your boy, CC, always alongside with Keith. Yeah. <laughs> and Keith is uh, down in uh, low on self-esteem because last night, not only did the Kansas City Chiefs barely squeak out a victory over the New York Giants 20-17, to but Tyreek Hill came through for me, and I beat him in fantasy. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm so happy for you. You know Whoa. what, though? Hold on. Hold uh, on. Let me make this clear. Mm-hmm. I should have I won. Jameis Winston should not have gotten hurt. And I know injuries happen. But damn it, I should have played Aaron Rodgers, man. I said it last week that I made a huge mistake. I got to live with it. It is right. what it is. Congrats to you. Thank you, my friend. And and just uh, just to throw it, uh, throw more mud in your face. Uh, I don't know if you noticed the video that the Saints put out after their victory with uh, one Jameis Winston after he tore his ACL in crutches, on crutches, dancing in the yeah. locker room. Yeah, I saw. He poured some salt in the wound for sure. What was that? <laughs> What was I thinking, man? What? You're supposed to be my friend. Not only are we co-hosts, but you're supposed to be my friend, man. You're supposed to tell me, hey, dude, probably not a good idea to play Jameis Winston. Don't you remember when he ate those W's? And I wouldn't have played him, man. Thanks a man, lot. I'm just saying. Well, it, it, yeah, I would do that any other week. But when we're facing each other and the championship's on the line, I'm sorry, man. We yeah. uh, we got we to gotta do what we got to do. I'll cheer <laughs> up eventually. I know you will. I know you will. Like I said last night, the Chiefs defeated the New York Giants 20 to 17. And dude, watching this game, uh, the Chiefs are lost. Yep, they sure are. I almost called it. I said yesterday, hey, I would not be at all surprised to see the Giants make a win happen tonight. They definitely didn't get beat by the point spread. They were getting 10 and a half. So. Still one on that, but yeah, dude. I, I thought the Giants, honestly, they, they they looked about the same as the Chiefs last night. Yeah, it was a it was a oddly enough, it was an even matchup last night. Uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't see you wouldn't say that when you see it on paper. When you see the Chiefs and the Giants, you wouldn't say that this is going to be an even up matchup. But last night it was, and I think, and I think it's all getting to Patrick Mahomes' head. I, yeah. I'm starting to see a more trend of Patrick Mahomes from Texas Tech than I'm seeing Patrick Mahomes from the first uh, two years with the Chiefs. He's, Listen, he's forcing a lot of balls. Yeah, he's forcing a lot of balls. He's trying to make plays where he doesn't need to make plays, and he's making mistakes. And 
I don't know if it's uh, mental up up in the up in the brain to, to, to fix this or what, but I said yesterday on the podcast that in order for the Chiefs to win, they have to establish a run game, and they sort of did that last night. Yeah, so they, did. they may be they may be on the right track of getting where they need to be, but as far yeah. as that defense goes, they need to completely deplete that defense and start all over. Yeah, but you don't have time to do it this season, so they're going to have to work with what they got. But you remember when Mahomes was drafted, me and you talked about him, and, and there was a lot of hype around this guy. And for the life of me, I could not figure out, why is everybody like this guy so much? Did they not watch the same player I watched at Texas we didn't, Tech? Yeah, we didn't see it. We saw no. we saw the guy from Texas Tech that was, of course, he was putting up numbers as far as yardage, but the interceptions were just as much as the touchdowns that he threw in Texas Tech. But then when he got into the NFL, man, he, he really took off and then the hype to eat some crow. And But you know what? Now looking at it, man, players can fall off really when that Patrick Mahomes has fallen off. He is a great, great player, but you nailed it, man. He reminds me of Patrick Mahomes from Texas Tech who tried to do too much because he didn't have the talent around him. Maybe that's right, what's happening. Exactly. Exactly. And like I said, they're always they're always playing from behind. It's because that defense is 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 not making the stops that they need. And playing from behind puts you in a panic mode. And if you're playing from behind constantly, I mean, just look at their Super Bowl run a couple years ago. Every single game in that playoff run in that Super Bowl, even the Super Bowl, they were playing from behind. Yep. They it sure only, were. It can only work for a certain amount of time before you're too far behind and you're making mistakes and you're forcing plays that you don't need to be forcing. Yeah, it's it's kind of like at the end of the season, you look at some teams, let's say that they finish up, you know, uh, 11 and eleven and 6. Go back and look at all the games they won and they were like three-point decisions, right? And they just right. happen to fall in your favor. And you, and at the end of the season, your record shows that you're great. But when you go back and break it down, you know, it's, you, know you, you won a couple games, but they were so close. You're really not as good as your record shows. And I think that that's kind of what the Chiefs are going through right now, man. I'm not giving up on them though. They are. They have a lot of talent, right? But they do not look like the normal Kansas City Chiefs. And I don't think coming out of the AFC, they're going to be the dominant force that they have been in the past. Not that defense continues to play the way that they're playing. Because you're, it comes down to this. You're going to get to the nitty-gritty when it comes in, in colder weathers, especially over there in Kansas City. It does get cold there in December and January. But I'm talking about when you have to – let's say that the Chiefs don't get home field advantage, obviously, with their record showing right now they're not. Let's say that yep. Kansas City has to travel to a Baltimore. You or know, Buffalo. Or Buffalo. That is a straight-up run till you, 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 know, you can't stop. That's going to be a run – game in the snow in the rain in the cold and if that defense goes up there and plays teams hard nose like that they're gonna get slaughtered yeah they're gonna be in a lot of trouble man and i think you nailed it though with the establishing the run i think over the next couple weeks we'll really get a feel for what direction this offense is gonna go yes they have weapons on the outside they can beat you like that but i agree with you on establishing a run for the remainder of this season man and Mm -hmm. then you take the pressure off Mahomes, and and it, it allows you to beat teams with the ground game and it doesn't put all that pressure on him so yeah I think you're spot on with that, and I'm interested to see what happens over the next couple weeks with this team. 
I am too because I, I really like the offense of the Chiefs, and I think if they can get it fixed, and I think, you know, the, I, I I don't know how you fix that defense. You just hope like uh, they they've been doing and just score the more most points out of out of the team. You know, when they face somebody, that's what they're hoping for, and you know. I really love the explosive offense. You know, I'm not trying to rub it in your face, but Tyreek Hill is uh, one of the best wide receivers that are out there in the game right now. And anytime him and Mahomes hook up, I mean, it's it's something to watch. So the Chiefs are a really good offensive uh, team, but man, you can't go in there thinking that you're going to score the most points out of a shootout every single game. It's not going to happen. And defense wins championships, and right defense now they don't does. have one. So. Yeah, exactly. So we'll have to wait and see. But the Giants are, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, the Chiefs do squeak out the victory 20 to 17 against the Giants. Uh, I do win this week's fantasy uh, matchup with uh, the sports bras. And uh, moving on now, the big, did you hear the big news, big trade yesterday? I don't know. Which one? Von Miller is now going to the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, since they needed so much help on that defense. Can you imagine Vaughn Miller and Sam Darnold now? Not Sam Darnold, Aaron Donald. Oh, Aaron Donald, not Sam Darnold. Yeah, the Carolina quarterback. <laughs> yeah, he's moved, he's converted to nose tackle. <laughs> he might That's actually be better. He might be better at that than he is at quarterback right yeah, now, though. You may, you may be right. He's he's almost built like a linebacker. Well, but uh so Von Miller is now going to the Los Angeles Rams, just beefing up that defense even more. And does that does that automatically put LA number one, or do you think Von Miller's, you know, Von Miller's still Von Miller, but yeah. he is he's his he has aged, and he has played on a depleted Denver defense, um, and he has been hurt often on this whole season. Does Von yeah. Miller is Von Miller going to make a difference in LA? I mean, star. I mean, it, I don't think it makes that big of a difference. But you're looking at adding probably three to five sacks to that defense. Uh, you're going to get some pressure on quarterbacks with him. But what I don't understand is how do, how are the Rams always able to maneuver these moves with the salary cap? I, I feel like get all these big name players and somehow are able to continue to pay everybody to me it well here's it here's what's smart about here's what's smart yeah here's what's smart about this trade is von miller's on his last year of this denver contract oh okay. so so they if hey hey if you could plug in a von miller for a run at the playoffs and yeah and you know say adios hey thanks for playing with us great yeah. you don't you it, don't lose anything out of it it's definitely not a long-term move, you know. No. It's, it's for this season. They see what's going on. They maybe see the talent season. they have. They might maybe a two-year deal or something. But he he does make them better, you know. So I could see them keeping him for this season and really making that run. Like they they have all the pieces in place, and this is just another addition that solidifies that defense. So nice yeah, move. And, and, yeah, nice move. And let's keep an eye out today because I do believe the trade deadline is today in the NFL. So there may be some more moves coming coming to the wire. Just got to keep an eye on that. And we'll, uh, we'll of course, uh, bring it up uh, on tomorrow's podcast if anything big does happen. Now, moving on tonight, Keith, 
Game mm-hmm. six of the World Series. I'm pumped, man. I'm pumped for this Houston, one. Houston, Texas, the Astros and the Braves. Like I said yesterday's podcast, Astros have all the momentum going into this game right now. What are your prediction in game six? Okay, man, I'm going to take uh, this particular take on it, okay? I think the Astros are going to come out and put ass whooping on them tonight. I, I think I do. I know. I know, man. I think they have the momentum. You said it. I think that they're clicking. And I think that this game tells you, well, obviously this game's going to tell you, who, you know, the winner. If the Braves win, then they win it all. But you know what I mean? I'm just saying, I think that they have the momentum. And I think that tonight they make this, they make this a seven game series. And if they win tonight, give me the Astros in seven. I'm changing my pick. Okay, I'm going to make a little friendly wager with you on this. And oh, it's let's just, do it. And it's just for tonight's game. Because oh, you yeah. said you said that the Astros will go all out and, and, and put an ass whooping on the Braves tonight and win this game. Yes. I am completely on the opposite. Oh. I think the Braves are going to go in here with the pitching mentality and, and knowing that their starter – is probably going to give them three innings. This is all going to come down to uh, the starting pitching and the bullpen. And you can get a couple lucky hits here and there. And I think the Braves are going to take this title tonight. And so here's my little wager. Let's hear it. Because we both hate Houston. Only as fans, not the actual uh, town or people that live there. Uh-huh. We are actual Ranger fans, okay? Okay. The little fern- friendly wager I will bet on you. Don't do it. If you, if you are correct and the Astros put a whooping on the Braves tonight, I will buy me a Houston Astros World Series hat. I will wear it to a Ranger game next year, and I will post it on our Facebook page. Oh, I like it. I like it. Now, what if I'm what if I'm wrong? If you are wrong, hmm. If Don't you are me, wrong, look. The worst thing you could possibly do is make me wear a Bregman jersey. I, <laughs> so. I would be willing to make that wager with you. If okay. the yeah, if the Braves win tonight, I will buy oh God, I will buy a Bregman jersey and I will wear it at least one full day. I'm oh. not gonna do committing to more than that, dude, because I feel like my body might burst into flames. So give me Bregman mm. if I lose, and you can wear the hat if you win or if I win. Okay, deal. There you go. Yeah, Friendly yeah. little yeah, wager. Yeah. So it so be watching out tonight and let's see what happens. You know what? I'm I'm, I'm gonna uh, on my wager, I'm not gonna wait till a Ranger game to wear the Astros hat. I will buy the Astros World Series hat, and the second I get it, I will wear it that day, full day. Ew. And I will even wear it to work. I'll wear it to wherever I go to, full day, and I will capture it. Yeah. And I will capture it on camera, and I will post it on our Facebook page. I like it. I like it. Good deal. We'll shake on it. We'll shake on it. Imaginary shake right here. We're shaking. I'm shaking. Okay. Done deal. All right. So be on the lookout for that. Now, 
what I wanted to talk about, and I talked to you last night about this, and you were kind of, because, you know, you didn't really get into this topic as much as I did, and kind of still do, but not really much as I did back in the day. And that's the popularity of pro wrestling in the 90s. I wanted to talk about this because I feel like it needs to be talked about. Like, look, we all know, and I'm just going to say it, we all know, Wrestling is predetermined. It's what? Not... <laughs> damn it, it's, it's real to me. <laughs> it's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> no, there's not a guy called the Ultimate Warrior that is walking around in public with face paint on and, and tassels on his arms. That's not really him. It's a guy that played him. Well, he's he's obviously he's, he's dead now. But, uh, th- yeah, those guys that we've seen on the TV in the early 90s, they're not walking around and they're they're you know in public like that. So, but Listen, I dude, will, some of us are. I, will, <laughs> I will give where credit is due. Now, I know for me in the early '90s, watching the WWF back then. That's what it. That's what it was. The WWF. Watching that back then is uh, is like my childhood unwind i mean you you look at these guys that were on camera or on the tv on your tv like bigger than life they're almost like real life superheroes right you see these guys in a magazine and then you see them on tv and they're like real people like i can remember my very fondest first memory of wrestling was when hulk hogan that's right dude (laughs) body slammed andre the giant at wrestlemania 3 now get this. This is WrestleMania 3. This is 1987, okay? Yeah. Wrestling wasn't really this huge back then at this point, but at this match was at WrestleMania 3 in the Pontiac Silverdome in 1987. It drew a capacity crowd of 93,000 plus people. You packed you packed 93,000 people in 1987 in the Pontiac Silverdome just to watch Hulk Hogan Face off against Andre the Giant, and of course yeah, they, they had other, and, and of course they had other wrestling matches going on during that time or during that event as well. But the main event was Hogan and Andre for the WWF title, and that was my first real memory of professional wrestling. Was that moment right there when when Hogan body slammed Andre and and got the win, um, and then from there it just took off for me, man. Um, Man, you can you can look at all the characters that were that were in this era, like like I said, Hulk Hogan, and, and they were so intense, dude. Like I, as a kid growing up watching this on TV, you look at these bigger big dudes like veins popping out and doing their interviews. Man, they were so much like I don't know how to describe it. Like entertainment, dude, was on top. Like, yeah, and I no, remember, no, no. and I remember. Right. And, and it got so huge. I mean, every store that you went to, you saw the action figures of uh, of the WWF guys, like the Macho Man. Oh yeah, Macho Man Randy Savage. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. You know? uh, that was pretty good. Yeah, thanks. But you see all their action figures at at at, at, at the old, you know, Walmart, Toys R Us, KB Toys. I mean, they were everywhere, dude. And I finally remember. This is the funniest story ever. 
So when I was a kid, of course, I was, like I said, I, I grew up a huge wrestling fan. And my mom finally took me, like, wrestling was, was never, it was hard to get tickets for wrestling when it came down here, right? And I remember when, when the WWF finally went to the old Reunion Arena in, in downtown Dallas, it mm-hmm. happened to fall on my birthday, which is January 28th. And it, it was like perfect timing. And it was my birthday gift, right? My mom got me tickets to go see the WWF at the old Reunion Arena. I was oh. stoked. I was stoked, dude. Like, I had my old... <laughs> I look back at it now and I wish I never owned this, but... But I had my own Hulk Rules tank top, you know, t-shirt brother. You know, of course let me tell you something, dude. I mean, everybody was a Hulkamaniac back then. Yeah, yeah I mean, true. You said, you said it on this podcast before. You dressed up like on three three Halloweens in a row, right? Listen, dude, I actually was big into wrestling in the 90s. But what happened yeah. was, is my sister, my older sister, decided to burst my bubble and told me that wrestling was fake. And when I asked my dad, he just shrugged his shoulders. Mm. He just, I said, Dad, is wrestling fake? My sister's telling me it's fake, Dad. I think she's lying to me. He just shrugged his shoulders. And then I realized in that moment that it wasn't it wasn't real, man. Like, <laughs> And that my really mom, it messed it up. It messed it yeah. up for me. My mom tried to tell me it was fake the whole time as well. I just didn't listen to her because I was like, nah, these are my dudes, man. This is like, I like watching this. And uh, so, so you know, back to the, you know, my first live event that I'm going to watch these guys that I've seen on TV many years at Reunion Arena. So, of course, back then, the uh, the big the big draw, as they say in the in the wrestling business, like draw meaning the big, you know, show. where people, yeah, where people will show up. The big match that people will show up to would be uh, at that time the macho man randy savage going against the immortal hulk hogan and that was the big main event of the show right so i i of course being the big hulkamaniac that i was back then uh had my hulk shirt on and i specifically remember because you know you back then um when when the wrestlers came out you would run to the guardrail you know where the front of the ring is and you yeah would, yeah and you would just run up there and you would just do your you know boo them or 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 wave or you know cheer them or boo whatever so when macho man came out i made it a point to go out there and boo this man because he you know he beat up hulk hogan that's my guy yeah. right Yep. So, so I remember specifically this. I went up there. I pointed, you know, I I pulled, you know, I'm I'm pointing at my Hulk Rules T-shirt, and I remember he took his glasses off, dude, and he pointed right at me. Oh, brother! Scared the living dog crap out of me. <laughs> I ran back to my mom, and she's like, "What's wrong?" I said, "Nothing, nothing, nothing." And uh, oh, so, so the match goes on, right? And I'm just sitting there terrified. I'm thinking, he's going to jump out of the ring. He's going to jump that guardrail. And he's going to come get me. You're right? So, yeah. so 10 minutes into the match, my mom goes, hey, guess what? I got a surprise for you. I'm thinking, okay. You know, it's my birthday. I'm like, okay, what is it? She goes, you're going to go backstage and meet the wrestlers. Oh, man. No, I'm not. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know bad. why? terrified the macho man's gonna wait for me and he's gonna attack me when i walk backstage 
So as so as any other little kid would be ecstatic, like a a, a eight year old. I think it was like eight or nine, somewhere around there. Any other kid would be ecstatic, right? And and would be loving going backstage to meet their heroes. I was literally dragged to the back. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going back there. (laughs) My mom. How uh, How did that play out? Well. Macho man, I, 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 the, the security guy told my mom that Macho Man is not back there. <laughs> so I listened to the security guy. I trusted the security guy, and the Macho Man was indeed not back there. But that's wow. how, to me, growing up, that's how real wrestling was to me growing up. Like, you know, obviously now, as, a, as an adult now, I know that back then it was all predetermined and fake. But here's my point on this whole story. Like, you know, the popularity of, of pro wrestling in the early 90s was just at its peak. And then and then when they had the whole steroid scandal, you know, when, when people found out that Hulk Hogan and, and, my, and uh, Ultimate Warrior were doing steroids, it's like, what? You know, and then... Well, and then it took a dip, and a lot of people frowned on wrestling. But then it it skyrocketed, dude, in the late nineties. Yeah. yeah, you're right. When guys like you know Stone Cold Steve Austin came around, The Rock. I mean, I thought it was big in the early nineties with Hogan and all that. But dude, it took another level when it was Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock and and DX and all that. I, I definitely was a little bit of a hater. And I didn't really understand the popularity of wrestling. Like when you and some of our buddies we used to work with would talk about wrestling and stuff, I was just like, oh my God, you guys are grown men. What are y'all, what are y'all talking about? But I'll be real with you, man. I mm-hmm. sat down when we all worked together and I watched a few nights, like Monday for like a couple weeks straight. And I could totally understand why people get into it. The yeah. show that they put on is, is pretty incredible. You know, regardless of what people think, it can call it fake all you want. They're doing real moves. They're hitting each other. They're ma- they're really actually making contact. So say what you want about wrestling. You know, I used to be a hater, but I appreciate what they do, and I can understand why. You know, half the world loves wrestling. Yeah, and and there is a dark like there is a there is a dark side to the to wrestling. That's actually that's actually a show that they have on Vice TV. It's called Dark Side of Wrestling, where these people these guys that you watch grow up be these big stars and everything. The majority of them are dead now and and it's because of the hard road that they took you know traveling all the time and then drugs will get involved alcohol will get involved steroids will get involved i mean obviously the big the biggest uh wrestling tragedy story that is out there unfortunately is the chris benoit story which uh he ended up killing his his wife his son and then himself in a Mm. double murder suicide um a lot of people automatically because he was a wrestler went straight to steroids yeah now 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 steroids was found at his home but that wasn't the reason he ended doing he ended up doing what he did the reason is they examined his brain and it's a lot like these old nfl players the, the, the man's brain, and, and I'm not sticking up for what he did. Obviously, what he did was horrible, and I hurt, and I hope like hell he's burning in hell for what he did. But, you know, they, they, they took his brain, they examined it. His brain was equivalent to a 98-year-old man that has Alzheimer's. Wow. 
Are you because, kidding me? Because of all the shots to his head with the chairs and everything else. So, yeah, a lot of these wrestlers take their bodies take a toll, and a lot of them don't see the past the age of fifty. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm I'm seriously seriously surprised that the Nature Boy Ric Flair, woo, is still around styling and profiling. He's got to yeah. be in his freaking seventies, and he's still out there doing his thing. Uh, but but most of these guys, unfortunately, they they have a short lifespan, um, and and it's a real sad, tragic story in the end. But if you look at it, professional wrestling, it, it, it's it's up there as far as popularity. Oh yeah, and, dude. And as far as uh, people, you know, love. I mean, take for take for this for example, and we'll get off this subject and we'll move on. WrestleMania this year. <laughs> I know. I know. WrestleMania this year is going to be at the uh, AT&T Stadium. They're going to fill that stadium. It's going to be over 100,000 people at that stadium. Just think think about that. Yeah, that's a lot of people, man. That's a lot of people that wants to watch wrestling. And that's not even all the people that want to be there. That's just the people that can afford it, that live in the area and whatnot. So there is a huge audience for wrestling. I'm not going to knock it, dude. That's no. It's a truth. It's a very popular sport. Uh, it's it's a male soap opera for sure. So, oh, but that's uh that's my quick take on wrestling. I love it. You know, I'm always been a fan of it. Always will be, even though it sucks right now. But hopefully, it'll get better. But we got a new segment we're we're unveiling today on today's show. There, Keith. Yeah, I uh, every in every Tuesday, we are going to call this segment. What are we calling it, Keith? Calling it the pick it and flick it. Pick it and flick it. So basically like what Keith is, yep, just like a booger. So basically what Keith is going to do is he's going to give you his take on fantasy. So if you have a fantasy team and you're wondering who you need to start, who you need to sit, listen to my boy Keith. He knows these things, even though he lost to me this week. He knows these things when it comes to Watch fantasy. it. Watch it. I was finally starting to snap out of it, you jerk. Appreciate it. All so right, let's... that said, Keith, go ahead let's and it. pick it and flick them. Let's make this thing happen. I'm going to give you guys, we're going to start out with some guys that I would look at picking up this week. Uh, we've had a lot of injuries, and when I give you these names, you'll understand why I'm saying pick these guys up, okay? Number one pickup this week for me is going to be Jeremy McNichols. Clearly, Derrick Henry's not going to be returning this week. Jeremy McNichols was already averaging about eight points in fantasy each week with being the backup running back. His workload is going to increase. Now, the only thing I worry about with that is that Adrian Peterson is probably going to be joining that Titans team. He could take some of the carries away from McNichols, but I like Jeremy McNichols as a top pick this week off the waiver wire. He's in a lot of the league, still available. Him, Boston Scott, running back for the Philadelphia Eagles, okay? Interesting. Miles Sanders is on IR right now, okay? So, mm-hmm. majority of the workload is going to Boston Scott. He put up 18 points this last week, and yes, it was against the but I like the way that they're Boston Scott. He's a guy to look for on the waiver wire. He's, he's available in like 85% of the uh, fantasy lineups out there. Take a look on the waiver wire. Pick them. Pick them, pick them, pick them. And then I'm going to run through a couple of wide receivers that should be out there on the waiver wire that could be great additions to your team this week. Jerry Judy coming off IR. If you, Ooh, yes. Adam earlier in the season, if you didn't place him on IR and you dropped him off your team, 
He's sitting out there in a lot of leagues right now, and he will be a top dog receiver along with Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. He'll be a nice addition to any team, along with same as Devontae Parker. He's coming back. He's going to be fully healthy. And this guy, Devontae Parker is underrated. He's played on some bad teams. He's played with some bad quarterbacks. But I like his performance this season. Before he got hurt, he was averaging about 12 points. Not mm-hmm. a bad pickup if you're desperate for another receiver in your league. And then a couple more. Got Carlos Hyde. He's going to be getting most of the carries, I think, for the next couple weeks, unless James Robinson is cleared. He had a bad injury last week, but they're saying it's not season ending. So if you need a guy just to plug in for the next couple weeks, look at Carlos Hyde. And last but not least, I like the Steelers defense against Ooh. the Chicago Bears this week. I think that's a good addition. They're going to get you anywhere in 12 points. Uh, I think they're going to cause some issues for uh, Justin Fields. So look at the Steelers defense. Yeah. Now, now, let's go to your flick em. Who are you flicking? Right. I'm flicking this booger off my finger so fast. Let's get <laughs> the Chargers defense out of here, man. <laughs> These guys are struggling against everybody they play right now. They, at the beginning of the season, I had them as one of the higher-ranked defenses with those pass rushers, solid core that they would spend a lot of time um, you know, getting sacks and making things happen, but they have not pulled season so i'm worried about them get them on the edge of your finger and flick them out of here flick. all right also this one's going to be kind of surprising but antonio gibson running back for the washington football team here's the issue that i have with him okay the the washington football team they fall behind in a lot of games so they're not really using him because they're having to throw a lot so mm-hmm. most the majority of the passes are going to jd mckissick so if you have antonio gibson there could be an opportunity for you to trade him to somebody else and get a solid number one or number two running back in its placement. And the same thing, Kenneth Gainwell. We talked about Boston Scott being the leading back over there now. Kenneth Gainwell is one of those hit-or-miss guys. I don't like the matchups coming up the next three weeks. See if you can get them on the edge of your finger and flick them out of there. And then the last, the last two, I'm going to say this, and people are going to be upset when I say it, but DJ option to trade right now. Sam Darnold is playing absolutely horrific. But DJ yeah, Moore he still, has, he still has value as their number one receiver. So if you can trade him off and possibly get you a number two running back or a really strong flex player, get it now while you can because as the season continues, Sam Darnold is going to continue to struggle. DJ Moore's receptions are going to go down. You might be able to swindle somebody in your league to give you a nice running back or another solid receiver in place of DJ Moore. And the last booger I'm flicking out of here today is Sam Darnold. Should have never had him on your lineup to begin with. <laughs> so that is my picking and flick it section today. I'm going to touch Pick up on flick. every Tuesday. And sometimes when you get ready to flick these guys, they ball up a little bit and get stuck to the edge of your finger. You think you flicked them off your lineup, but then you go and look and it's on the backside of your nail. And if anyone out there doesn't understand what I'm talking about, it's because you're lying to us and you're lying to yourself. That's the pick it and flick it. Pick it and flick it. I like it, my friend. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up the show today. I want to thank you guys for joining us once again. And almost a milestone with the sports bras here, Keith. We are two likes away on our Facebook page to hit the century mark 100. We are two likes away from hitting 100 on our Facebook page. So if you know somebody out there, guys, if you're listening and you want want them to uh, enjoy the content just as much as you guys do, 
share it share yeah. us you hear that mom and dad you hear that mom and dad it's time to you gotta hit the actual like button not just listen to it you gotta hit the like button just, <laughs> and, and my grandmothers i know y'all are active on facebook hit the <laughs> like button not just watch it hit the like <laughs> all right clear that yeah. up clear that up so thank you guys once again for joining us today uh like i said on starting tomorrow we are going to do a a, a completely separate podcast uh, from our regular ones, it's just going to be the picks of the weeks. Uh, yeah. We're going to run the lines, do the over-unders for the next upcoming games in college and NFL football. So that's going to be separate from our regular podcast for tomorrow. So hope you guys can tune in for both of those. So with that said, Keith, another great broadcast. Why don't you go ahead and send us out, my friend. Ladies and gentlemen, we are the Sports Bros. And Brian... Get um Let me have you, Brian! Oh, that was intense. That was... <coughs> yeah, that was oh. intense, bro. Jeez. <laughs> Later, we'll guys. See you guys tomorrow.